So this morning, we, we've been talking a little bit, and Shane mentioned also, the regional conference coming up in a couple weeks. And I want to give you a little bit of a preview today of some of what you will be hearing there in terms of the teaching. And this is also the beginning. I'm, I'm, I'm doing, at the same time, I'm starting a new series this morning. Um, this is a bit of a, a kind of a directional message. And, and not just for us, PVC, but really for the Vineyard Movement. And, and it came from uh, a word that the Lord spoke to Phil Stroud, our, our national director. Uh, and I'll get to the word in a minute. I'll share with you what the Lord shared with Phil. But before I do that, I just want to give you kind of my perspective on it. As I read this, it really, really resonated with me. Uh, and, and I'll tell you why. And, and, and there's, there's, a, there's a, two reasons why. The first reason is this, because any of you that know me know that I am a long-term guy, okay? I have been in two churches in 40 years. I think I've had four jobs my entire life, and I've been working since I was 15, so you can do the math. That's a long time. Uh, I'm much older than I look. Um, I've been married for 34 years. Is that right? And counting? Thank you. 34 years. I can't praise God I got that right. I'm always off by one. Uh, but I'm a, I just, you know, I've always valued just putting your hand to the plow and moving forward and commitment. And that's just sort of who I am. That, that's, that's, that's who I am. And so Phil's word really resonated with me on that level. <clears throat> the other level that it resonated with me on, the second thing is this, that I also happen to be very much, in terms of my faith, whether you call it discipleship, kingdom living, however you package that, walking in with Christ, I, I very much have a process orientation as over and against an event orientation. I really view discipleship or, or kingdom life, kingdom living as, uh, as a process. It's not immediate. It's not something that happens overnight. It's not this wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, Holy Spirit, fill me up and I'm good to go sort of thing. It really is something that, and I think we heard this this morning a little bit, not only in our worship, but in some of the words that came, this idea that, that we just keep moving forward. And, and actually, Shane and I were having a theological texting conversation earlier this week on this topic uh, about th this notion that I grew up with. It's, it's still, you hear it, you don't see it as often as you did, and we'll talk a little bit more about the 70s in a minute. But uh, this idea that I accept Christ into my heart, uh, you know, I, I make this decision, and, and I'm good to go. That's it. That's all that there is. And how, from my perspective, that is not only uh, an inadequate understanding of what it means to be a Christian, I think it's not a very biblical understanding of what it means to be a Christian. Um, I, I feel as though the Bible, and in particular the New Testament, but all of Scripture really does talk to us about this idea that this is our life and we're committed to walking it out with Jesus every day. And so that's been my focus. And so again, Phil's word really resonated with me. I, and I'll say this, I, I really do believe that in the process, events are part of the process. John Wimber was uh, my pastor for a number of years, the, the first 20, and he called those PowerPoints. And, and so, for example... When you get baptized, you do accept Christ, you, you, know, you, you find faith in your heart, 
uh, your baptism is a PowerPoint. That's an event in the process. And it's a powerful event because I don't know how many of you uh, at some point in your journey uh, have had this little voice in your head that says, well, you're no different than you ever were. You're the same person you always were. You're just still the same low-down, dirty, rotten sinner you ever were. You never thought that, Roger? (laughs) But you know what you can do in that point? You can go, hey, you know what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I happen to remember the day I was at the Malala River or at the Mentasana's hot tub or wherever it was that you got baptized, and you can say, you know what? That old person that I was, they went down into that water and they're dead. And I'm not that old person anymore. I'm a new creation in Christ. And you can silence that voice by remembering that PowerPoint. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, that's a PowerPoint. It's an event that happens in your life, but it's part of the process that projects you forward. And so, for me, looking at, I look at life that way very much. Uh, this is, I, I love... Oh, books are to me just like, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm the weirdest guy in the world. Um, Eugene Peterson's phrase, he he says in the title of his book, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. I just love that. A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And you know what I love even more than that? Is that Peterson stole that phrase from Nietzsche, who was not necessarily a Christian. But he took truth that was truth, kind of like Garth Brooks, I think. Uh, you know, he, I, I, when I read this, I think about, I don't know if you guys, I'm probably really way off base here, but you remember when you uh, 2 recorded Helter Skelter and they said, Bono says, uh, Charles Manson stole this song from the Beatles and now we're stealing it back. And I just feel like Eugene Peterson stole it for the kingdom of God from Nietzsche. Nietzsche said this though, and, and it was good. It was good. I don't know what his context was. The essential thing in heaven and earth is that there should be a long obedience in the same direction. There thereby results and has always resulted in the long run something which has made life worth living. And I agree. I I, I agree that when you focus yourself and you put your hand to the plow and you carry on that long obedience in the same direction, that it really does make life worth living. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning and really what we're going to talk about over the next I originally planned eight weeks, but I've been thinking about this lately, and I get stirred up, and I don't know. could be the next two years. Um, probably not. Uh, I'll tell you a story. I, when I was 25-ish, Dave King was there. Uh, I was a new youth pastor, probably my first year or second year. And we used to do a regional summer camp. At that time, there were three churches. So Anaheim Vineyard, Whittier Vineyard, and, and uh, Newport Beach Vineyard. And we would go up to this little camp. And we had, at the time, you know, 50, 60 kids. And this particular week, I remember two things happened. One was a guy named Mark Nelson taught us a song called I Believe in Jesus. Anybody remember that? And he taught us that song before it became, you know, an anthem of whatever. But just a few kids in this camp singing I Believe in Jesus. The second thing that happened is I was... Um, you know, doing my daily devotions or whatever. And I came across a verse uh, that split me wide open. And it just became, uh, I guess, I don't know what this means with my life verse, right? It was one of my life 
became all about. Remember, I'm 25 years old. I'm just starting in my ministry. And it says, Psalm 71, 18. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. So again, that was 30 some years ago. I'm old and gray. And it touches my heart to pray for these young people. And that's become what my life is about. And I thank God that that's what it's about and that it ain't over. And that I can be here, somebody can, you know, wheel me up here when I'm 75 years old or 80 years old and maybe pray for another group of young people to go forward in what God has. And it's a process. It's not an event. It doesn't happen in a day. The only way that happens is really consistently committing yourself to following Jesus and walking with him day in and day out. Um, and, and that's a theme. I want you to understand something. That's a theme that runs all throughout Scripture, okay? Last week, we talked about worship, and we looked at Psalm 27. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek Him in His temple. Last week, I focused on seeking the Lord and gazing at His beauty But the phrase that I really didn't talk much about that I want to focus on today is, when does that happen? All the days of my life. Not once. I don't go to the temple of the Lord and look at the beauty of God and then go home and go, I'm good to go. I saw Jesus. No, I come back again and again and again and again. That's where I become uh, transformed is that consistency in His presence. Psalm 84 How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. I love this. You know, growing up again in this kind of the 70s, there was a lot of talk about visitation. God was going to do a visitation. You know, we're going to have a visitation of the Lord. And I'm just going, well, that would be fun, but what about a habitation? What about if God, a dwelling place? What if God just came and stayed? What if he didn't visit? What if we could get connected with him and just hang out? How lovely is your, your, not your visiting place, not your summer cottage, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, who stay there. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. And I love this, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Peterson talks about the Psalms of Ascents in this book. The idea of pilgrimage was, of course, in the Old Testament. The, the, The pilgrims were those Israelites who were walking back to Jerusalem, going back to meet with God. But metaphorically, what it stands for really for us is this, is just walking towards Jesus. We're all on a pilgrimage. We're all walking from wherever we are right now, today, towards Jesus. And we just keep walking towards Him. That's what God has called us to be about. (coughs) I love this. As they pass through the Valley of Baca... That literally means valley of weeping or valley of tears. And as they pass through, even when you pass through the valley of tears, even when things aren't going well, what do you do? You just keep going. You just keep walking. You just keep moving towards Jesus. And eventually, that valley becomes a place of water, a place of refreshing, a place of springs. I I promise you that'll happen. If you're in a bad place today, if you're in a tough spot today, if you're going through a tough time, just keep walking. I get I, money back guarantee. I promise you it'll get better, okay? I don't know if it'll get better tomorrow or next week or next year, but it'll get better. 
You just keep, if you keep walking toward the Lord, it'll get better. One more. Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God and my King. I will praise your name. When? Forever and ever. How long? Every day. Every, every day I will praise you. And extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. And again, there's so many verses. Just do a little word study on generation. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. <coughs> I really like this. They speak of your glorious splendor. I will meditate on your works. They tell of your power and awesome works. I will proclaim, proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate abundant goodness and joyful, joyfully sing of your righteousness. There's a connection. There's, we're doing this together. Um, I'm sharing with you, you're sharing with me, and we're walking together towards who God is. It's a long obedience in the same direction. So with that as kind of my perspective, my spin on things, maybe a little bit of historical context, I'll share uh, Phil's word with you. He, he put together a little booklet that he sent out, which I will order and get copies here for you to read on your own, although pretty much everything in the booklet we will cover in the teaching, so you're not missing out too much there. This is actually from the booklet. And this is Phil. Friends, I want to share with you from my heart about an important idea that I believe is for the Vineyard Movement at this time in our history. This entire booklet is about that one simple idea and explores what it means for us to engage in main and plain kingdom living. And I love that he said that um, for two reasons. One, he's, he's quoting Wimber. John used to talk about the main things and the plain things all the time. And I don't think he coined that phrase. Other people use it, but it was one that John used a lot. But the other thing is that sometimes we get kind of focused on the exotic things. And we're sort of looking for, you know the fireworks, when really what God said, no, I think you just look at, look at what I'm really about, the main and the plain, and he talks about the main and plain kingdom living. The idea explored in these pages won't wear out, and I believe we won't regret giving ourselves to it in 10, 20, or even 30 years. What is that idea? It's captured in the phrase, EDLD, do it again. What does that mean? Um, EDLD is an acronym it stands for Evangelism, Discipleship, Leadership, and Diversity. And he says those are essential practices of the Vineyard Movement. So what Phil has basically kind of thrown out towards the movement and a, and a lot of what you'll hear about at the conference in a couple of weeks is the idea that uh, what we're to put our hands to and our hearts to and our lives to is, are these four things, Evangelism, Discipleship, Leadership, and Diversity, and that we're just to continue to press on into those things. Um, so, <clears throat> let me say this. Um, this, this, <coughs> this came out of, he tells a little bit of his story in the book. As a national director, of course, Phil's seeking the Lord. He's kind of asking, you know, uh, for direction for the movement, seeking direction for the movement. And he said he had a number of conversations, different conversations, where people would come to him and say, what's God saying now? Or what's God doing now? What's the Lord up to now? And the inference in those conversations, sometimes said explicitly, sometimes not, was that is there, there's a new thing. What's the new thing that God's doing? And Phil's comment, which I tend to agree with, is that that is a culturally driven question 
rather than a kingdom-driven question. And let me define that a little bit, although some of you are shaking your heads, yes, yes. Um, In our culture today, we get bored easily, do we not? And we always are looking for the next new thing. If you have an iPhone 6S, but six months later the iPhone 7 comes out, dang, you got to go get the 7 because it's got a couple little gizmos that the 6S didn't have, and you got to have that. And your 12-year-old will tell you, i got to have a PS5 because the PS4 is no longer up to date. It's not as cool as the new one. And we always got to have a new thing. Is that not true? Is that not what surrounds us all day, every day? And we are all victims of it. Let's just be honest. I mean, I, I have a success. And you want the new thing. You want it. Something, this is cool, this is new, this is, I can't have the old thing, I need a new thing. And we, as, as Christians that live in this culture, don't always realize to what degree we're affected by the culture, we carry that over into our faith, and so we're always looking for a new thing that God is doing as well. But in the kingdom of God, <coughs> there are some constants, there are things that are always the same that are not always changing, Phil's comment is, that's it. God has been doing what He has always been doing. He's pursuing human beings with His powerful love, and He invites us to join Him in that pursuit and to call people to respond to His great love for them. And there's this sense that the, the, uh, the Latin phrase missio dei is the mission of God. That's God's mission. And God says, you can be a part of my mission, but this is the mission. The mission is not changing. The mission is the same. My mission is the same as it's always been. And I'm moving this direction. This is what I'm about, is redeeming people's hearts and lives and drawing them unto myself. You can be part of that if you want. Now, let me just you know, say, from a pastoral perspective, I get it. I understand that that may not be as exciting as standing up and saying, thus saith the Lord, behold, I do a new thing. That's more exciting. I'll give you that right now uh, and all day long. Uh, and, and I think there are segments of the church that tend to be directed that way, looking for the new thing. But if we're honest, I think that resides in all of our hearts to some degree. We all have a little bit of that. I'd like a new thing because I'm a little bored with the old thing. Um, the reality is this. If we are truly carrying out the mission of God, uh, if we really are that community, that kingdom people that are, that are engaged in the mission of God, we really will be doing the same things over and over and over again, but they'll be new every day. Does that make sense to you? Let me say this. Every, every day you'll have opportunity to share your faith with someone, and it's a new thing. It's the same thing, but it's a new thing. And every day you have an opportunity to grow together in community and depth of relationship. And it's the same thing, but it's a new thing. Every day, every day you, you have opportunity to see and identify gifting and leadership in other people and help raise them up. I mean, there's, there's nothing uh, more meaningful in my life than seeing that happen, than seeing uh, these young people raise up in leadership in the church and begin to take on uh, more authority and place and position and ministry. Nothing means more than that. And I've seen that a thousand times. And I've been seeing it for, you know, 30-some years. And I, I love that. It's the same thing, but it's new every day. And, and, and it's not boring at all. It's never boring because we're walking and we're living in God's kingdom. And it's always fresh and it's always new 
Um, it keeps us on course with the kingdom of God. It keeps us on course with the kingdom of God. Uh, the kingdom of God is Jesus' favorite topic. He talks about it over a hundred times. The kingdom is not a geographical place. We know that. Rather, the kingdom of God is the realm where God's perfect, kind, and generous will takes place, which is where? We've talked with this. It's where, wherever, wherever we are. That can be anywhere. Where the kingdom of God is expressed, sins are forgiven, sicknesses are healed, outsiders become insiders, injustice is overturned into justice. The kingdom of God was here long before we were, and it will be here long after we pass on. I don't think that's boring. I think that's profound. And I love seeing that in, in, in lives, in people's lives, day in and day out. Um, he also differentiates between the kingdom and the church a little bit, which I think we understand this, but I'll just give you a quote from Ladd. Um, George Ladd wrote, The church, therefore, is not the kingdom. God's kingdom creates the church, so the church is created by God's kingdom, by God's rule, and the church then works in the world through, or the kingdom works in the world through the church. So the fact that we become the community people of God is created by the kingdom, and then we become the ambassadors of the kingdom to the world around us. So it's, they're different things, but they're the same things. Um, and as that community, as that people, we advance the kingdom by carrying out these, these, these four or different um, dynamics or, or activities. Um, I just may, I we'll talk about this more in a moment, but the fourth thing <coughs> may not make as much sense to you, diversity. Diversity is not an activity or something we do. Diversity is a value, uh, and I'll quote Phil in a minute, but it permeates all the other things. It, it, we we want to see diversity happen. What that means, again, is that we want to share God's love and faith with everyone, right? Not just certain people, not just people like us. Um, one verse I'll share today, um, so we actually do use the Bible. Uh, I love this, and, and I'm, I'm breaking with my own tradition here today and reading from the NLT, uh, New Living, just because I, I like this translation. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church, that's us, to display His wisdom and its rich variety the NIV says manifold wisdom, and a manifold, those of you that are either uh, auto mechanics or irrigation specialists, is something that divides things out, right? So it goes into one and out several. That's a manifold. Uh, so what he's saying is the wisdom of God goes a lot of different directions. It's, all, it's, it is, it's got a rich variety. And our job, our purpose in the Lord is to display that wisdom in all those ways to the ruler's in uh, authorities in heavenly places, but then on, on this earth as well. I believe in, in carrying out these practices of evangelism, discipleship, and, and leadership development <coughs> that we do that. When we get off course with the kingdom, that keeps us doing those things will keep us on course with the kingdom. When we stop doing those things, we get off course with the kingdom. And what happens is we become internalized very quickly. You know what I'm talking about? Church then becomes something that we do or we, or we go to, but there's very little 
focus beyond ourselves. <clears throat> Very often, I uh, will hear somebody say, well, I'm, I'm not going to this church anymore because it's not meeting my needs. Or I'm not being fed. Um, my question is always, <laughs> what, are you, what are you putting in? Um, it's really easy to become internalized as a church very quickly and become a bless me club. But that is not God's purpose for us, guys. And I want to be uh, really honest with us today, and I want to say I think that's happened to us a little bit. If I look at our history... As a, as a congregation, as a local expression of the body of Christ, there are times in the past when we have had a much greater focus outward than we do today. And so I, for one, when I read Phil's little booklet, kind of was convicted. And I, I was thankful at the same time. Thank you, Phil, for bringing this up because I needed to hear that. It was a prompt for me to say, we cannot lose sight of that. We cannot let go of that. We cannot decide that it's about us and not about what God wants us to be and do as his people in this world. If we get to that point, we've really lost the game. I think the enemy wins by taking us out of the game and saying, if you just gather together and have a wonderful time, but you don't ever do anything, he wins. Was it yours? It's not, it was not my grand. Was it yours? It was yours. Okay. It was one of you. I knew it was one of you. Uh, hey, that's, that's the next generation right there. Okay. So a few years from now, those crazies are going to be running the show. Let me just tell you. Uh, and then they'll be your problem. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. Um, I want to, um, I'm going to, I, uh, I can't talk anymore. Uh, that's what we need to be about as a people. We need to be about investing our lives in the hearts and lives of those people that God brings across our path, um, our children and our children's children, but our neighbors and our neighbors' children and their children's children and our friends and our co-workers and our fellow students. And we need to be sharing uh, what, what God's kingdom is really about and who he really is. Uh, I, I was going to go into a little bit of each of these four things today, but I think we'll, we'll pick up with that next week. All I really want to say is that as a body, my heart and my hope, uh, and a part of the vineyard, as part of the vineyard movement, and as a representative, and and uh, again, if you know me, I I've been in the vineyard for 40 years, and this is, I love the whole church, but this is my tribe. 
This is who I am. This is what I'm about. And I always, I, I'm reminded of that when I get something like this and it's so in sync with where my heart is and just go, yeah, that's, that's what we're called to do. So I, I want to encourage us this morning. We'll close with just a time of prayer and, and ministry together that that's what it's about. It's about getting outside of ourselves a little bit. And sometimes that means, you know, going through the Valley of Baca and just keep walking towards the Lord. Not giving up. Just keep going. I, I, I want, I, I, I love it that we've seen these kids grow up and we'll see those kids grow up. And they'll have a history of 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 years of walking this thing out. That's where we want to go. That's, that's, that's it. That's, that's as good as it gets. There's nothing better than that. I've got, from time to time, I get a whatever, email. I don't have Facebook, but my friends that do let me know. I'll see something of a kid that was in my youth group 25 years ago, 30 years ago, and they're leading worship at Bethel. Or they're in Thailand ministering to people. Or they're pastoring a church somewhere in Kentucky. And I just go, man, that's it. That was worth it. That's all there is. Uh, So I just want to encourage us as a body to put our focus on that and just say, "Can, can I, God, could you use me to impart a little bit of life to somebody and help them move a little closer to what you have for them. I'll tell you, that's better than anything that God can do for you. I, I, I promise you, it really is. You know what? I, I love when the Holy Spirit touches me, but I love when the Holy Spirit touches you more. I love getting a prophetic word, but I love when you get a prophetic word more. I, I get tears in my eyes thinking about what God's doing in your lives more than I do in my own life. Because to me, that's, that's it. That's what it's all about. And that's what I want us to be about as a people. I, I, I want us to have that heart of, of compassion and that life for every person that we see and, and, and generation upon generation upon generation of people to, to really just set our hearts on pilgrimage like the psalm said. So let's stand. And um, I need music. I don't know, Kyle probably, I suppose.